Hey, have you ever had something small turn into something big? Like big, big. Like you're like, whoa. Like when we moved into our house, we had these like small conifer trees that were about, you know, about my height. And then, you know, the other, the other, you know, I don't know, month or so, we had an electrician around and he's like, we're going to have to cut some holes in these trees because the power lines are coming through them. And I'm like, they are enormous right now. I had no idea how big they were. Uh, have you, who, who likes um, the crazy budget direct ads that pop up on YouTube? Because I don't watch real TV anymore. But um, on, on YouTube, they come up. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And you got this lady, she's got like, um, she's in the bath, can't see anything, it's all very tasteful. And, uh, and she's in the bath, she's got like pieces of um, cucumber on her eyes and she drops the bath bomb into the bath and then the whole thing just explodes with pink foam and the whole house is filled up with pink foam and it's like coming out the windows and everything and out the chimney, you know, and the, the, the budget direct guys are in the helicopter and she's like, oh no, Mother's Day stall bath bomb gone wrong, oh dear. You know, lucky she's got insurance, whatever. Anyway, I love it. I remember um, that my wife is uh, out on online uh, moderating online right now. Um, but I remember the first time that I met Beck, and um, she was wearing this beautiful red dress with like little white flowers on it. We still, to this day, totally disagree on what she was wearing the first time that we met. Um, that's okay, it can work, it's all right. Uh, and uh, we, I met her at church, because you know, church is a great place to meet your future spouse, and uh, so good. You know, and we got together over church camp that happened a few weeks later. So um, book into church camp um, because you never know what can happen, uh, young adults. Anyway, anyway, moving on. But I was just thinking about how different things are now. Like so many years on, we've been married for 25 years. We've built a beautiful life together. You know, we have four amazing kids. God's moving and we get to build the church and advance the kingdom where we go. We get to travel and speak into marriages. And I'm just like, whoa, it's so good. You know, when, when, you, when God, God loves to start with something small and turn it into something beautiful, something big, something wonderful. Uh, so we're going to read from Mark chapter 4 today. Jump in your Bibles. This is uh, the last of the parables. Um, and we're about to move into a whole new section uh, next week. It's going to be very good. You've got, you got Pastor Keith bringing you Jesus calming the storm next week. That's good. And, uh, but here we go. Mark 4, verse 30. It's on screen for you as well. He's talking to the crowd. It says again, he says, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. And yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. That's cool. All right, so we're not talking today about mustard seed faith. That's a different thing. We're not talking about the seed sowing parable. That's a different thing. You know, you might have missed church a few uh, a month or so ago. Go back and look on YouTube. You can catch up. Right? We're not talking about the seed that grows when no one's watching. That was 2 weeks ago. Pastor Nate preached that one. All right? 
Today is the parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Let's pray. God, I pray in this moment today that you would plant something in us that's going to grow. And that the things that you've started, Holy Spirit, you would water them. And God, I pray that your kingdom would grow and would advance in every life, in every family, in every heart in this place and watching in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So before we dive in, just a little quick reminder that the kingdom of God, what it means, right? It's, it's not the church, although the church is a big part of the kingdom. But they're two different, it's like apples and oranges, a little bit different, right? The kingdom of God is the reign and the rule of the king. And the church is, is, is a part of that rulership and that reign. But it extends beyond the church. It's wherever the reign, the authority and the rule of the king is. All right? This is why we don't build the kingdom because it's not a structure. It's an authority. It's not like a, a team or a church. We advance the kingdom with the Father because we're, we're moving with Him in His authority. His reign and rule are going out with us as, as we move. All right? So what can we learn today about Jesus and about the kingdom of God from this cool little parable? You ready? Let's go. If you're writing notes on your notes app or your Darian, she's got her pen and paper out. I'm so proud of you. Um, write this down. Number one, small is where he starts. Jesus is telling a parable about the kingdom of God and it, it, it's in a very real and timely way. Because in that moment, like not in that five minutes where he's talking about the parable, but like in that, in that moment right there in history, right, he is establishing what he's talking about. Like God through Jesus is planting the seed of the kingdom right then and there. He's beginning something that's gonna turn into something awesome. He start, it's just Jesus and a bunch of disciples and a local crowd that turned up to hear this, this, this guy. That's it. It's, it, it might seem, seem insignificant, might seem weak, might seem small, don't despise the day of small beginnings, Zechariah 4.10. Right? It might, it, might be this, it might have seemed like this tiny little ragtag group of zealots and tax collectors and fishermen. How are they all going to get on? But Jesus is, is, is talking in that exact moment about the parable of the mustard seed because he knows what the kingdom's going to become. He can see where it's going. The kingdom of God has since then spread all around the world. Let me give you some stats. Lifeway Research reports the 2022 Status of Global Christianity uh, report, stating that not only is religion in general growing around the world, but Christianity specifically is growing at a 1.17% growth rate per year. Almost 2.56 billion people identified as Christians at the middle of last year. That's insane. 
by, by 2050, it is expected that 3.33 billion people on the planet are going to be Christians. That is an incredible movement. Jesus and his 12 disciples in Galilee talking to a crowd, billions of people. Jesus is like, see the tiny little mustard seed over here? Guess what? It's going to become. You know, the cool, I'm wearing mustard, by the way. Anyway, the cool thing, the cool thing is that Jesus is talking about a mustard tree or a mustard plant, and he's like, it's going to be the biggest of all plants. And then some of the like the botanists are like, I don't think so, mate, because the mustard tree isn't that big. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know. That's why the kingdom of God is going to be so abnormal. It's going to like trump all of the other kingdoms. Right now, listen to this other statistic. Right uh, in in 1900, less than one million people identified as Pentecostal or Charismatic. By 2050, that one million will turn into one billion people. That's a spirit-filled move of God. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna help you here today because. Uh, I learned a really cool way to differentiate between one million and one billion, right? If you have one million seconds, that's 11 days. If you take a billion seconds, that's 31 years. So God's turned a movement of the Holy Spirit from one, less than one million people in 1900 to at the current rate, one billion by 2050. God's moving. The kingdom of God is growing. It is growing. It is growing. It is growing. It is going to become the largest of the plants, the biggest, the most mightiest of the kingdoms, right? It's going to offer shade and provision and protection to all of the people in the world. So let's bring it down to a bit of a more personal level, right? Because small is also where he starts with us. This is how Jesus works. This is how the kingdom of God works with us. He starts in small ways, but they grow into glorious things. God has a bit of a thing for small, for insignificant. Little baby in a cave on the outskirts of nowhere ends up becoming the Messiah of the world. Twelve guys who can't really get along. One guy, well, you're out. Let's get some other dude called Matthias. He must have been super humble because you don't hear of him anymore. (laughs) Oh, I'm just doing the thing behind the scenes. Actually, we love those people. Thank you, Matthias. Well done. Right? From this 12 guys to a worldwide movement of billions of people. God loves doing big things with small things. He's got, God's got a thing for small. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 to 29 says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So if you're feeling like any of those things, guess what? God loves doing great things with these types of people. He loves it. 
God has a thing for taking tiny and insignificant and turning it into something big and bold and beautiful and wonderful. Don't neglect the power of the small. Don't neglect the power of the small step, the small habit, the small act of obedience, that small step of faith, that small, that shallow. We, you know, when, we're, when we're traveling, we encourage couples to start shallow because shallow is a good place to start. Don't stay there. But shallow is a good place to start. Start, start small and see what God does. Start with a micro habit and see how, it, see how the momentum grows and builds. God loves starting small. You know what? I was thinking God can take your broken heart and just with a sliver of revelation, a little bit of truth that gets in there, and with an ounce of permission, God can bring healing to you. He's good. He's a good father. Small is where he starts. Number two, if you're writing notes, write this down. Plant the seed and let it grow. Plant the seed, let it grow. Verse 32 again. says, yet when planted. Oh, man, I love that. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Man, I love this. Yet, when planted, stop fighting what God's trying to do in you. It's like we have this obsession sometimes with, uh, with our own brokenness. It's like, I'm so determined to stay busted. I'm so determined to stay down. And God's like, yeah, come on, let's, let's, let's go, come on. We're gonna go here, we're gonna move over this way. And, and we're like, ah, but it's just so much more comfortable back here. Why do we have this obsession with our own brokenness when God's trying to grow this, this tree of the kingdom in us? He's trying for branches to go out and to touch every area of our heart and our soul and our life and up into our mind so that we can think clearly. We have the mindset of Christ. Right? He's a good father. Let the kingdom go into your entire being, your soul, into your heart. Let, let God bring life and healing and freedom and revelation to your whole being, to all of you. Stop fighting it. He's a good father. He's not going to hurt you. Doesn't mean it's all going to be comfortable but he's not gonna hurt you. He's a good father. Yet when planted, it grows. Whoa. You stick around long enough and you get to see the kingdom spread in your heart, in your life, in your family. Things aren't always perfect, but you get to see the kingdom of God touching different areas of your, of your life. You get to watch around as people in church get their own moments of freedom and joy. People getting healed all over the shop. People getting touched by God. You get to see the kingdom branching out and touching every area. This week, uh, I was journaling as I do, and... Um, I was just a bit frustrated. So I'm just like writing down everything that I'm annoyed at. 
here's all the stupid things that are not working in my life right now. You ever done that? Yeah. I didn't have enough time in my morning to finish the, the thought. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of the passage that I was preaching. I hadn't started journaling on the passage yet. Hadn't really started thinking about it. And God's like, well, maybe you would let me plant something into that. I'm focused on all the stuff that's wrong. All the things that I'm sad or annoyed or frustrated about. And God's like, maybe we could just, maybe you'd let me put a little bit of truth in the middle of that and just let it grow and just see what happens. And and I'm like, mustard seed, cool, yes, let's do that. That's a great idea because I don't want to feel like this. I want to be a man of faith. I I want to trust him when I can't see how it's working. And that's infuriating, isn't it? I can't see the end yet. Or you can see kind of the end, but you can't see the enormous gap in the middle. And we go, this is the trust gap. I hate the trust gap. (laughs) Because it requires me to go, I trust you and your goodness. I trust you and your kingdom at work in my life and my family, even though I can't see how it works, right? But we've got to remember that small is good. Small is good. A little bit more permission for God to move is good. In that moment there, I just opened up my heart for God to do something. God, I give you permission to do something right now. Small is good. Maybe you need to say, God, keep doing that thing. Maybe you need to pause life for a moment and just say again, Holy Spirit, come because I'm really trying to heal myself and it's hard and might need you on this. I might need your help today. I'm hungry for you, God, to keep bringing healing and peace. It's good to let God begin something, but then we need to have the consistency of permission to let him finish it. Don't put the brakes on the Holy Spirit. But what is it, Paul? He says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. The Spirit's moving. He's moving. He's doing things. But in a moment of no thanks, you can put the brakes on the Holy Spirit. So it's time to open the door again. Maybe it's time for you to say, yeah, okay, God. All right, have your way. Just wake up every day this week and be like, have your way. See what happens. Small is where he starts. Planted is where it grows. And finally, small places make a big difference. I love this little, uh, little bit at the end here. With many similar parables, verse 33, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He's talking about the crowd. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples... He explained everything. I just love that. The word, I love this because it says he spoke the word to them. So the crowd was receiving the word, but they couldn't get it. And Jesus is going behind closed doors with the disciples and going like, all right, this is how it works. 
He was, he was revealing the Word, but He was unveiling the principles to the disciples. The Word was unpacked to His table space. There, I said it. These smaller spaces in our church are really important. And I know, I know a bunch of you were like, yeah, I put my name down for one a little while ago and uh, you haven't got one for me yet. I know, yeah, cool, I know, I know. We need more table spaces. Like four or five would be great, right? Great, so good. That would be perfect. If you wanna start one or if you wanna host one, come and have a chat with me. That would be great because we need more. But like there's, there's a, cr- a crucial element of growth that happens in these smaller spaces because we get to have our rough edges sh- you know, shaved off. You know, this attitude that you bought in, you know, that you're like, way, or some whack theology that you watched online and you somehow adopted. In the table space, it kind of gets ironed out. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. <laughs> Table spaces keep us in check. They help to keep us healthy. They help to keep us strong. They help to keep us connected. Jesus unveiled the word in a private place. But also in your own personal space. Like don't expect for God to grow this beautiful, incredible tree of the kingdom of God so good for your, your soul and your family and your business and your, and your heart. And it's just, oh my goodness, it's so great. Don't expect for that to happen on one Sunday a month. Or even four Sundays a month. Because we've got to develop the private place. Right? You can't get all that God has for you in an hour and a half on Sunday. You need to develop the private space with just you and God, right? The temple is good. The table is good. But the private place is also good. And you need all three to be your best, to be healthy, to be strong, to be growing, for the kingdom of God to work its way into your soul. Jesus unveiled everything in private. He spoke in parables, in riddles almost, Some of them are like, sorry, what are you talking about? Hello? But to the disciples in the private, he unpacked everything. Whoa. It's the private spaces where God will speak to you personally. Where he'll open the word. You open the word every day and God's like, yeah, this is what I've got for you today. Right? You can't survive on one meal a week or one meal a month. You've got to get and eat this book for yourself every single day. Get it into you. Three people clapped. That was good. Great. Like, you believe in it, right? The, the, the kingdom of God grows as your relationship with God grows. It's the same pathway, right? This week, we had a shocker in my house in one morning. I won't tell you what, it, who, who, well, <laughs> Josie had a, a, a morning. <laughs> Uh, poor thing, and, um, and, and, and dad was putting a little, pre- little pressure on to get out the door because I've got an app on my phone that tells me when the bus is arriving, like 300 metres up the street. So uh, I'm like, get out the door, let's go, let's go. And I can see that the bus has got one minute, and I'm like, 
we can just do this. We got this. And so I'm like, come on, I've grabbed a bag, I've taken it outside, we're in the, we're in the car, we drive up, super careful, super careful. And uh, pull across, she gets out, uh, out of the car, she says, I haven't even had breakfast. And I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, cool. And she rushes up to the, I'm thinking, yeah, resilience, building resilience, come on, you can do this, girl. It's all good, it's all good. She gets to the bus stop, and I look down to the app, and it tells, them, it tells me the bus is like way away. Like, it's gone. It's been. It's, we missed it. We missed it like a couple of minutes ago. I'm like, what is going on right now? And I remember this thing that Jerry Seinfeld wrote down um, about uh, spending more time with kids and, and how it doesn't have to be a special moment. It can be any moment. And I'm like, yep. So I, I pulled forward. I said, jump in the car. Let's get some breakfast. I'll drop you to school. And we just got a chance to everything to de-escalate. Let's get some food in you. You're going to have a much better day <laughs> because I know that's how it works for me. <laughs> I'm going to have a far better day if I have a bit of food in me and a constant stream entering my mouth across the day. <laughs> but she got to spend some one-on-one time with her father who loves her, who cares for her who was able to help her to gather some strength and enter the day well. And maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need some one-on-one time with your father. Not this big space, this is important. Not the table space, that's important. But maybe you just need to go aside with your father, just you and him, and meet him face to face. Five minutes a day, there you go, that's where you can start. We call that a micro habit because it's just one tiny baby step that kickstarts momentum. Because when you've got momentum, you're going places. But until you've got momentum, you're stuck. So start somewhere. Five minutes is a good start. One verse in the Bible. Start with this verse that we're on this week. Start in the book of Mark. Mark chapter four. If it's been a while, it doesn't take that much effort to start to revitalise your devotional life. It doesn't take a lot. It just takes five minutes. Any of us can find five minutes. All of us. Get alone with God every day. Get aside with your table space once a fortnight. Make sure you're in the house of God because God loves to start things small, but He loves to turn them into something wonderful and incredible and bigger than we thought. Jesus is into the small moments and He reveals things in that private place.